0: From University of Puget Sound, it's What We Do, a weekly podcast about the innovators, teachers, dreamers, and performers of Puget Sound and the stories behind the work they do. Hi, I'm Chuck Luce, the editor of Arches, the alumni magazine here at the University of Puget Sound, and I am here today with Jordan Hansen and Professor Nancy Bristow. Jordan, I've known you, I think, since you were a student, yeah. uh, class of 2004. Um, Just a formal introduction, Um, Jordan is a founding member of OR Northwest, OR standing for Ocean Racing Adventure. Uh, In 2006, you were one of four UPS alumni to set a world record rowing a boat across the Atlantic Ocean from New York to Falmouth, England. And in 2003, you captained a boat that made another attempt to row the Atlantic, this time from East to West, from West Africa to Miami, and then 800 miles from the US coastline, a couple of rogue waves came by and capsized your boat. And you all drifted in the ocean for about 12 hours before being plucked from the sea by a Coast Guard helicopter. I should also note that um, you have rowed around the Olympic Peninsula. Um, you rode the length of the Mississippi yourself before the course that we're going to talk about today got going. And that might have been the inspiration for all this. I sp- Absolutely. We'll we'll talk more about that. So you've been out there a little bit. Nancy Bristow is a professor of history here at Puget Sound on the faculty for, what is it now? 25 years? 26 in the bag. 26 in the bag. And we are very proud to note um, that she was in 2007 named a Washington State Professor of the Year by the Carnegie Foundation and the Council for the Advancement of Education. And we are here today to talk about a course that you and others uh, worked on putting together last year called Adventure Education Mississippi River. How does one get from personal adventures to a college course?
1: Well, uh, I think that everything's related. Uh, there, there is actually, like I think, a pretty tight line of, uh, of thought stretching from uh, this initial trip across the ocean in 2006 to... Uh, teaching a class on uh, how to have an uh, educational adventure uh, down the Mississippi River. And uh, when we rode across the ocean, and rowing across the ocean was 72 days, but before that was 18 months of preparation. Through that 18 months of preparation, 72 days at sea, and writing a book afterwards, uh, the thing that really struck me is, it's a very simple process. You're going from point A to point B. But within that process, you are in order to fully comprehend it, you're weaving in pretty much everything that I had ever learned before. All of the sciences, all of the humanities were all woven together in an understanding of this. And that was a lesson I learned from, you know, that 18 months of preparation. I learned that out at sea. And then I reflected on that when I was writing a book. We decided we wanted to do another one of these, but the idea of racing really wasn't Our jam anymore. Uh, We really liked. Well, what what we liked was we liked how much we learned from the adventure, and that was what was that was what really struck us. And so, going with the second trip, which the second trip across the ocean, which was preceded by a trip around Vancouver Island, um, that was when we first delved into adventure education. We're like, well, really, what what does this mean? Like, what does adventure education mean, and what can we do with it? Um, And you know, who's done it before, and like, do we think it's is it is it being done well? so, we had, our, we had a big sponsor, the Canadian Wildlife Federation. It's been around for 50 years. They got a lot of educational programs. So, we had a lot to learn from them. Uh, we did that trip, uh, ended rather dramatically. But when we came back, and, you know, we were talking with teachers about, like, so what gives, like, what's the value of, of adventure? And they said, well, I mean, a lot, but, you know, we can't really, it's hard to use, it's, it's cumbersome. Like, by the time it shows up on my, on my doorstep, I don't really know how to use it. It's good for a few examples. And, like, there are some teachers that can really, like, shoot from the hip and make that work, um, but a lot of teachers are, you know, something like this, it's it's different, and it's, you know, it's really exciting, but it's, you know, how where does it fit in, uh, and so we were reflecting on it, and we figured, well, what if we were able to do an adventure that happened every year, and so we could create that level of consistency so that teachers could get familiar with it, and then they could take that, take these best, all these wonderful learning moments that are provided by an adventure, and just, Pull out as much as they could because uh, that's where we thought uh, you know where we could create that value and so we needed something that was scalable and so the Mississippi River seemed to work for a lot of reasons. Um, we can visit people along the way. Uh, we can visit students along the way. Uh, it is it drains like the watershed is huge. It drains 32 states. It's the fourth uh, largest. I think it's the second largest watershed and the fourth largest river in the world. Uh, one of the most uh, used uh, rivers in the world. Um, and there's really no other, there's nothing else that unites and divides, no other landform that unites and divides uh, the nation. And so we wanted to do something that was, that had the potential to have the greatest value to the most people. And so that's why we chose the Mississippi River, uh, as opposed to something like the Columbia. Um, basically because the Columbia River is the Mississippi River of the Northwest and not the other way around. Uh, we just wanted to be able to reach as many people as we could and and unite people around something like this. and so that's what we set out to do in 2014, and um, the goal was the year after. Uh, you know, if we building this trip. We just reached out in as many ways as we could and developed these contacts along the way. We ended up reaching 22, 2200 students. Uh, we had, you know, we performed a, um, a science experiment with Louisiana State University and University of Washington. Uh, we did the the longest microbial transect of a river that had ever been done, and we did it with two rowboats, four guys, and four coolers. Um, And then, uh, so we had all this, uh, we kind of did this um, pilot mission and we figured, okay, well, like we definitely can't do this. You know, we were able to plan and execute this thing in about eight months. uh, But the, you know, the key that's missing here is I can't go down the river again and it mean the same thing. because I've already seen it. And I mean, there certainly would be some kind of value for me seeing it again. But what I feel like the magic is, is I want to get people who have not experienced this before and I want to get that rawness into the classroom but I want to equip people with the tools to be able to do that well so like going down the Mississippi River under human power is not easy but it is I I believe that a, a, a most people are capable of it and if we prepare people in the right way we give them the right equipment they can achieve these goals along the way so it needs to be consistent so we need the right boats to be able to uh, show up when we say we're going to show up. But the key uh, part of this is getting you know new people to do this every year, and so you're starting with people that are you know basically rookies, and getting them up to speed and being able to pull off something that takes requires a, a fair amount of uh, strength and elegance and smarts. Um, and so uh, we wanted to get uh, four women down the river, uh, in large part because. Um, I think they were, you know, we were just kind of recognized at this point. Like, Or Northwest started on the men's crew team at UPS 10 years ago, and it, like, kind of been a boys' club. And so that's something that we, we definitely wanted to increase these pr- perspectives.
0: So I, I just to, to help with the chronology here. Yeah. So you, you guys did this on your own mm-hmm. as an adventure th- through Northwest f- first mm-hmm. uh, and stopped in schools, did some science along along the way, mm-hmm. uh, realized that you had something more going. Mm-hmm. The following year you decided to uh, uh, open it to another group, but we're still not at, at the association with the university yet. Yeah, well, and so those things
1: kind of happen at once. We wanted to get uh, four women down the river. We just didn't have the funding as an organization uh, and we could only find two women. And they were... Uh, they were, had graduated from UPS, um, and we ended up doing a kind of a, a trip down the Columbia River where they hit about 750 miles of the river, and uh, they were able to reach uh, 750 students, and they planned and executed this thing in eight weeks. So, I mean, it was for what they did, like, you know, day for day, they were reaching about the same amount of students. So, it was, I mean, it was a wonderful success, but what was incredibly valuable about it is that it just kind of put into perspective, like, if we want to make this thing consistent, we have to figure out a training program, like, to get more rowers. So that's when uh, Greg and I went to um, uh, Professor Lynette Claire who'd been in contact with us throughout the years, and she'd been bugging us to take her senior seminar class, uh, you know, as a small nonprofit. And we were meeting with her about that, and I was kind of struggling with the idea of like, well, we need, we gotta figure out a training program to get these, you know, so that we can actually make this sustainable and i was talking with her about that and you know and, like, and
0: just to clarify lynette is a business professor yeah and, yeah and, and, business and, professor. and the business of fundraising mm-hmm. of planning uh, of organization mm-hmm. that those kinds of skills apply to the types of le- learning that she does in her,
1: her yeah career. as a history major i never would have imagined that like the the place where I would find you know this initial support on campus would be the would be the business program because that was a place that I steered clear of because I was intimidated by it and it was it was never something that was a natural interest to me but over the years that's kind of what it's turned into like I mean I absolutely like I love history and I was one of the that has been the driving force for me is because history is stories and adventurous stories and that's how we communicate what we're doing and how we show that value is through, uh, is through those types of stories that I really got a good base of from uh, from history. Um, so anyway, we were putting this thing together. Uh, you know, I was experiencing this trip down the Columbia River in, in a management position while doing this class uh, with um, Lynette Seniors. And, and how
0: long back were, did were you beginning to talk about forming a class? Oh, so this class
1: uh, it was in. Let's see, it was to it was summer of two thousand fifteen. So it was a year ago. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was maybe like maybe 15 months ago. And uh, then this class was you know for the spring and so like Nancy at this point you know didn't know that this existed <laughs> and so but Lynette was like well what about Nancy Bristow as a as a possible like you know to, to help create this class because what they needed to learn in this class is well they had to learn about the river and then they had to learn like expedition management and so like and that's the beauty of an adventure is that you have to learn so many things and use so many tools all at the same time in concert and so this class ended up being this three-hour beast uh, that we would cover as many things as we could in a wide variety of ways.
0: One of the cool things about the Mississippi as, as a, a theme, I guess, is that there are all those adventure components, but there's a tremendous amount of literature that's associated with it, a tremendous amount of history, uh, the, the commerce, um, and this is where it, it made sense as a, as a way to Pull in other disciplines um, to put these, these these kinds of people together. And tell me, Nancy, uh, when they came to you with this crazy idea, um, what did you think?
2: Well, I, I thought this sounded like so much fun, and sounded like the kind of education that I think is is the wave of the future. That even for those of us teaching history, we're increasingly clear that we need to make connections between what we're doing in the classroom and 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 life um, beyond the cam- the campus and the classroom. But to be honest. I thought, well, this will be great. I'll go in and do a couple guest lectures. I can definitely talk about Hurricane Katrina, have a whole class on it. And I can find somebody to do some Mark Twain for them, And it'll be great. Um, and it was just absolutely infectious, what you need actually to go from an adventure on the river to having a course and ultimately a program on campus is the kind of imagination and creativity and drive and entrepreneurship and talent and skills that Jordan Hansen and Lynette Clare have. This would never have happened without the two of them. Um, and so this really is in a sense their baby and I have just felt honored to get kind of invited in first on the margins and eventually saying well gee I think this is Sort of fun is it? Okay, if I come to all the classes and yeah, I'd like to be part of this team. Well,
1: yeah, and I mean that's one thing that I'd I'd love to uh, to to mention is that you know like so (laughs) Lynette and Nancy are are legends on campus, and they keep a pretty full schedule to begin with, (laughs) and they decided sure let's just add this entirely completely experimental course uh, on top of that. Um, And and you, I mean, so you decide to have a course, but you can't just say okay we're going
0: to start teaching next week. I mean there are Months of of planning. It there's a syllabus that has to be put together. You got to figure out wh- how you're going to recruit these students. You got to you got to you, where you're going to have the class. Uh, yeah. Can can we talk a little about that process before we get
2: out there on the river again?
1: Yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, that was really that was that was again that was Lynette. Figuring that out.
2: It was an interesting process because, yeah. as you say, there are um, ways, there are avenues that we travel, um, and paperwork that we fill out, and ideas that we, you know, bring to fruition right. before we teach a class. Because this is an Our ideas, institution. We'll do it as an independent study, and we can have eight independent study contracts. We don't actually have to have it ready until when school starts, and we did. And then we found out we couldn't do it as an independent study because we had eight independent study students meeting. For time. three hours at the same time with three people, so it was in fact a course. So at that point, Lynette really took charge and mm-hmm. created, we already had a syllabus, but she beefed it up and filled in things like learning objectives and made a much fuller class plan, laid out all the assignments. So she really was hitting it hard in those mm-hmm. early moments, just as we were about to begin. And again, she gets much of the credit for the the uh, envisioning how we take the adventure and all of Jordan's capacities and skills and translate them into a classroom experience.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was something to see. And I mean, honestly, I, I wasn't really sure how many students would show up at that first class. You know, I was kind of, I met with everybody once. Uh, you know, I, I'd been meeting with people individually, phone calls, like spent a lot of time in diversions, uh, just reaching out to, you know, mainly the rowing and the outdoor community. Because I knew that that was where I was going to get the most interest and I ended up getting four rowers and four people from, from the outdoors. And, uh, but still, I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure who was really going to really show up. Um, and so that was really amazing just to see these students kind of rise up and really uh, commit to that.
2: And it was fun because I think it, it the course also fit with other sort of aspirations that I think we have for our courses on campus, which is, for instance, really thinking interdisciplinarily. Well, you take somebody whose expertise is entrepreneurship and put them with a social and cultural historian with an interest in race, and you can't help but have an interdisciplinary experience. And then you throw in... You know, Mr. Adventure who's also written books about those adventures. And you really it was just a remarkable trio of, of instructors and then these eight students who really were willing to bring everything they had to the room as well. So it was a very much a collaboration of eleven, mm. I would say, as mm-hmm. opposed to only a collaboration of three. And just as a side note this is now a program that is going to become much more systematized. So now, yes, I do have a syllabus that's already in front of the curriculum committee right now for next semester. Mm-hmm. And it will be a formal connections course in our core curriculum. Lynette is working on, an, on another course that mm-hmm. will be at first a quarter unit credit mm-hmm. and then eventually a full unit credit on expedition management that also will go through the regular structures. So we've
0: we've had this amazing convergence of of talent and ideas uh, and it all came together and the course happened. You had students, um, what happened then, the the course met in second semester Mm -hmm. last year. Uh, So classroom time, um, what were the components, what took place?
1: Well, I mean, we had, uh, the key part of this was you know, getting to know the Mississippi River. So I think a lot of people were going in and they were like, they'd heard of the Mississippi River. I mean, everybody has. Uh, but I mean, if you are an American citizen or you live in America, you have a connection to the Mississippi River. Uh, it's just, it is, it's just pervasive. There's so much of how we have become who we are as a nation that has been influenced by that body of water that just stretches everywhere. Um and to have people explore that and figure out what that connection was for them, um, that was a big part of it. I think that's a big part of what the Connections course has turned into. And then the other aspect of that is like, you know, what's a brass tacks of you know an expedition? You know, you're working really closely with people who are tired, and it might be cold, it might be wet, and you got to make it. Um, you got to make it work. And you have, you know, this isn't. This is a fun trip. There's a lot of fun that goes along with it, but it is work. Like, the goal is to collect data uh, show up when you say you're going to show up regardless of you know what the weather's been um and so being able to manage that time along the way uh and creating content uh that's that's compelling and creating it consistently in the mississippi river because it's it's also in the middle of the country i mean when you're in the mississippi river it's a it's an adventure but you are like right there in the in the midwest and so you have there's cell service most of the time. And so you have this ability to feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, and then suddenly you're in the middle of somewhere, and most of those places you have cell service, so you're able to communicate this experience from the river. And when you think about how people interact with, with any of the rivers around them, most of the ways that people interact with rivers these days is they drive over them. And they may or may not look left or right. but I mean, that's the majority, but like almost every single... Every single town uh, that has developed in this country had to have water around it. And most often, that was, you know, in a lot of cases, it was a, a stream that led into the Mississippi River uh, Valley watershed. And so there's that, that huge connection. And so. Um, yeah. yeah, so
2: in terms of classroom time, students would have done reading in, they read Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, they read a, a number of histories of the river, they also were reading uh, accounts of trips of adventures actually including Jordan's book but also uh, a couple of others that Mm -hmm. allowed them to think about what happens on expeditions, what are the things that cause expeditions to go well, to go badly, Mm -hmm. so they were really having leadership training. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we also did work around education because part of the trip is the students are in classrooms, right, they've already visited a couple of thousand students this year on this trip, so as part of the course last year they were all required to set up and carry out a visit to a local classroom to talk about a trip that jordan organized each um Each of the students was involved at some point with rowing to Blake Island and learning some things about Blake Island and then visiting a local classroom to talk about that experience. So they were also doing work in sort of training for educational outreach. How would you get ready to go to a classroom? How do you make sure you make good use of the time in the classroom? So a class meeting, we might spend the first hour talking about the reading they'd done, and then we might spend an hour doing something related to leadership training, uh, and team building, and then the third hour we might be talking about whatever project they had on the dock At how were contacts with schools coming, how was mm-hmm. the work on their maps coming, because they had a number of assignments that they had to complete um, of wide ranging types actually, from, mm-hmm. uh, from reflections about their trip to Blake Island to each student making a map that reflected research they'd done in one of their own interests about the map, which they then presented actually at a public poster session on campus. So they were pretty lively. Pretty lively. The three hours sure did go by. I would always mm-hmm. think, hmm, I think I'll skip this week, and then I never could because it was too much fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, three hours would just uh, it would, would fly. Blow by. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember ever taking a class um, before that would go that quickly, where it would just and at the end of it, we'd be we'd still be looking at everything that we had to do, and it was like we had to shorten readings. We had to, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was always there was too much to do. We could have filled four hours. Uh, Hence the idea of multiple courses
0: in the yeah. future. So, so the, 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 stu- the students are learning about the history of the river. They're learning about the geology of the, and geography of the, of the area. They're learning about um, how to be teachers themselves. Uh, um, eventually you, you get to the point where the, the expedition is going to happen. Um, so how do we make the transition from the classroom to the river?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, the four people on the river. They're doing outreach. Um, oh, they're, they're having the adventure. They're communicating that adventure. They're getting that into the classroom in a face-to-face way, and they're performing science experiments. And everybody has ended up having kind of uh, different uh, different skills uh, bringing to the table. You know, Audra spent a lot of time researching classroom visits, and it was kind of everybody learning these things independently, and then coming together and sharing them because we had kind of dispersed for the summer, and that was you know one of our big challenges that we have to figure out is how to keep people more engaged during the summer. But they came back, and you know uh, we got Eric who is a really good camper and teaching a lot of camping skills uh audra and sam uh audra was working on the classroom visits cali on the science um and uh sam on on the videography and this is all stuff they learned and then they came together and they shared and they kind of shared and learned on the fly um and back on campus i mean, really it was, uh, was almost the the harder task because in order for this to be sustainable, in order for this to be the tool that it needs to be, you have to have a really solid short team. You know, so Beatrix is an expedition. She's the expedition manager. Uh, you know, uh, Chris is working on, on the social media. Uh, Bennett's doing teacher outreach. And uh, Ryder is the science liaison. And the idea is that, you know, they're getting different aspects of this content that's coming from the river. And we're figuring out how to express that, again, in, in a way that is really understandable. So they're,
0: they're, the short team's job is to gather what's coming to them from the river, mm-hmm. put it into some sort of a comprehensible format, and getting it out there for, for, for others to take advantage of. Exactly.
2: So for instance, just this morning I think uh, the latest edition of the newsletter has come out, which Bennett Roper writes, uh, and it, these are stunning newsletters. I, I Every time I see one, I want to send it on to everybody I know and say, look at what these young people are doing. It's really quite remarkable. And each of those four Shore crew members have had to not only do that work but figure out how who was really responsible for which thing. How does the internship actually work? How does the relationship with their internship mentor from the board actually work? So these young people, again, not only weathered this first class with us when we were still figuring it out, but they're also doing the work of building these positions so that. For the next group that goes through, yeah, they'll continue to make new mistakes, but so much groundwork is being laid for them, and so much really professional work is being done by these four shore crew members, and they're earning one unit of credit, internship credit, which is terrific, but they're earning, I don't think you can measure the value of some of the lessons. I see them learning things that they're learning now that I'm not sure I yet know how to do. Uh, and they're you know 20, 21, 22 years old.
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely something to wrestle, but I mean that's why that's why I think they're attracted to it yeah. is that it's a it's a challenge and like this is uh, this is this is hard and it is not uh, easy or fun all the time. But I think that the people that are attracted to something they're just, like they're attracted to it because it's hard, and they ha- and they kind of they see that vision and they're and as a group sharing that vision and be- the idea of what this could be is what's so attractive.
2: It's an adventure in itself. Well, and it's it's an adventure with a purpose. And I think that's what really sets these eight young people apart from a lot of other people in the world, is they want to have the adventure, but they want it to have meaning. They Mm -hmm. want to contribute through their adventure, whether it's being on the shore crew or being on the river. I think all eight of them, from the very beginning, it was clear the kind of broader context that they saw themselves operating in and and not surprising even that these are students who came in this case four students from university crew team and four students who came from the leadership of Puget Sound Outdoors so these were students who were sort of naturally already thinking in those terms my hope is they're now creating structures that will help students who come behind them very quickly take on that sort of mentality around what we do
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and and a mentality that I think Jordan has, has Built into OR Northwest from the beginning. Specifically, what, what, what kinds of science,
0: what's the science that's going on on, on the river?
1: So, uh, the, the experiment that we're running uh, with LSU and UW uh, has been um, a microbial transect of the river. So, we take water samples and filter them above and below every major tributary. And that was the longest, again, the longest transect that apparently had ever been done, which I was pretty surprised to find out. We're working with uh, Dr. Peter Hodum here at EPS, and he, uh, we're building out a plastics experiment. So when we get those water samples, we throw a net in the water, and we run it for about 15 minutes, and a certain volume passes through the net. We collect what looks like a very greenish-blue neon sludge, which is, mainly, which is mainly organic matter, but in it is microplastics. And that's what we're, that's what we're counting. And then the other one is uh, we're working with uh, Google to Google Street View the River. And so we basically have what amounts to a droid on the front of our boat. And it looks like a spaceship uh, mixed with a rowboat. And so it has a very steampunk uh, look to it. <laughs> and uh, it's just we're taking this droid down the river. <laughs> it's taking 15,000 pictures a day. <laughs>
0: So you are street viewing the, river, the Mississippi River from its source to the Gulf of Mexico
1: for Google? Yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> in the best way. <laughs> but it is,
2: that's... And co- and collecting water samples for, for scientific use from, as you say, the headwaters all the way to the Gulf, and not just once, but if you do this repeatedly, then you have right an ability to look across time. It's a kind of continuity uh, of research data collection that's just... Unheard of in terms of scale.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the type of experiments that you could weave into this. Uh, there's going to be ones that we do every single year, but there's new ones that we can weave in uh, every single year. Just the level of um, the level of education, level of research that we can that we can bring to this is uh, it's just you're only limited by your imagination.
0: Great. Well, thank you so very much, you all. Uh, we could have gone on, but I know we've got a places to go, so. Until next time. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Yeah. What We Do is brought to you by University of Puget Sound. Join us next Wednesday for another story about what we do at Puget Sound. And if you liked this podcast,
1: rate us on iTunes.